Hello. Thanks for listening to this episode three of Just Saying. Today I'm going to discuss something that I'm referring to as the artist's necessities. But first, a little music. So now these three parts of our idea today of the artist's necessities are as follows. Here are the artist's necessities. Number one, the artist needs a reason to express something. Or, said another way, he needs something to express. Then he needs the means to express whatever it is he wishes to express. Once again, number one, something to express or a reason to express something. Number two, the means to express what he feels he must express. And number three, he needs the ability or a process by which he can attain those means. which he utilizes to express, to express himself. So let's look at this in the context of voice training, because that's something that I do professionally and have done for many years. So number one, something to express or a reason to express something. For the singer, what he would express is something I'll call musical meaning. So he has something to say, and specifically he has something musical to say. There's some musical meaning. It could be a song, could be an idea for a song, could be something much longer than a song, could be a feeling, which is what the music conveys. And this touches him. 
And so he now has a need, a desire, a something in particular to express. He has some musical meaning that he feels compelled to put forth. Now he needs a means of expressing whatever this meaning may be. And the means, which are the best means that I know of with which to give voice, literally, to musical meaning, are or rather is what's called natural vocal technique. And natural vocal technique is very simply to use the human voice in keeping with the design of the human voice. To use the human voice the way that it was designed to be used. Naturally. Very, very few people do this perfectly without training. However, any musically talented person, given the correct training, can attain this natural vocal technique, which is what I teach for singers of all styles of music, of all ages and from all over the world. Now, the third necessity, as I have said, is the ability to attain the means of expression. We could also say a process by which the means of expression can be obtained. And this is what is referred to today in the musical arts as pedagogy. That is to say, it is a way of guiding the voice from its embryonic stages, from its not quite musical instantiation, to the perfect expression of natural vocal technique, which means that the voice on every note, from the lowest note to the highest note over the full compass of the singer's range, sounds beautifully in a manner that is interconnected to itself without any sudden changes in tone quality, that is, without any flips or cracks or breaks in the voice. And the process by which that means, natural vocal technique, can be attained is what I do. Voice training. Voice training, which is, according to the school of thought, sometimes called the old school, sometimes called colophonic, sometimes called bel canto, sometimes called natural vocal technique, but the process which I engage, either for myself or for a student who comes to me, is a process that leads forward infallibly, overarchingly, towards this means, natural vocal technique, which is, of course, nothing more, nothing less, 
than the means of giving voice to musical meaning. The way to express what must be expressed. Now let's take another example also from the arts. Let's think of painting for a moment. So the the meaning may be whatever it is that the artist sees with his physical eyes in the world or with the eyes of his soul. More likely, some combination of what he sees with the eyes of his soul and his physical eyes. This is the meaning, the visual meaning, the aesthetic meaning that he wishes to convey. That's number one. That is the something to express. Number two, the means of expressing what it is that he wishes to express. This would include, of course, paints and brushes. It would very likely include a canvas or paper or some other surface upon which to paint. But of course, if I go purchase oil paints and brushes today, that does not confer upon me the abilities of a Rembrandt, which means the physical tools are only part of the means. But the other, and indeed the much greater part of these artistic means, the greater part of those means is the artistic skill without which the artist is going to be utterly incapable of taking paint and brushes to canvas in any sort of aesthetically meaningful or pleasing manner. <clears throat> and the process by which those artistic means can be obtained, well, this might be something like art school, studying painting, studying the works of other painters, studying with a master of the art of painting, studying the history of painting, this is going to be some kind of study. And the study for the artist is his way of acquiring the means of expressing himself, which is a artistic skill, so that then he can put forward into the world, so that he can make available to the consciousness of anyone who can view his paintings, this meaning that he has wished to express. So if we look at the three parts of this model again, they are as follows. Number one, meaning. A meaning that one wishes to express. Perhaps a meaning one feels a duty to express, 
a meaning one has been commissioned to express, a meaning which arises from one's own perception, which may not be merely one's individual perception, but also a shared perception. But out of perception, there arises meaning. And the artist, in our case here, is one who wishes to express meaning, although that's only the first step. So there is meaning, and there is a wish or a desire to express that meaning. Then moving on, there must be a means of giving that meaning expression, a way to translate the aesthetic into the pragmatic. A way, a manner, a means by which this meaning can be conveyed, can be expressed. And then the third part that we require is a process by which the means of expression can be acquired. And that is what is known as the creative process. It is also what is known as study, studying the arts. And it is also what is known as practice. Now, as a voice teacher, I consider it my duty to guide that practice, to guide that process towards the acquiring of the efficacious means, which are natural vocal technique in this case, which then may be purposed as the singer wishes in whatever style of music he chooses for himself to express whatever meaning is in his heart to express. But it is my job to steer that process, the process by which natural vocal technique is acquired, embodied, instantiated in the physiology and in the behavior of a given singer. So that's what I do in my work. But let's reflect now, if we may, on how this might look in another domain. What other kinds of artists or what other kinds of human beings may we consider? Shall we consider the physician? The physician, in my view, ought to be aware of a possibility called health and well-being, health and vitality, health and fitness, wellness. And he ought to have this desire in his heart to see well-being, to see wellness, to see physical health and fitness and vitality manifested in the bodies, in the lives 
of his patients. So that's the desire. That is the meaning. That the physician must, if he's a good physician, have a desire to manifest. Then number two. This is what we call medicine. Medicine is his means of conveying well-being or potentiating or facilitating or correcting towards well-being. This may, this could be manual therapy. It could be pharmacological. It could be therapeutic in any number of ways. Could involve surgery. It could involve a dietary or lifestyle intervention. These are the means. These are the skills of the healer, which we hope will be efficacious to potentiate well-being for the patient. As an aside now, I say that if the physician has not a very, very, very clear idea of what constitutes well-being, then it is unlikely that he can be a good physician, which is to say that he shall in fact do no harm, but also have what he does do contribute towards the wellness of his patient. But let's say that's in place. He has a clear sense of the meaning that he wishes to achieve, that is, a strong desire for the well-being, for the health, for the vitality, for the fitness, for the wellness of his patient. And then he wishes... to facilitate this by means of medicine. By whatever various forms are available. And then the third part, this is the process in which the physician must have engaged and, yes, continue to engage in order to acquire those means which are efficacious. This is one of the reasons why when someone wishes to get a surgery, he would do well to find an experienced and skillful surgeon because the skillful surgeon has labored and studied and practiced very, very long in order to acquire for himself a high level of surgical skill. And it is this skill that he has acquired by some process or processes in which he has engaged that has allowed him to acquire the ability to convey this meaning which was in his heart to begin with, which is the well-being and the wellness of his patients. And this third part is too often overlooked. That is to say, the process or processes 
in which we must engage. In order to acquire means which potentiate and facilitate and make possible and support the possibility we're committed to to begin with, which in this case is well-being, wellness. And in medicine, just as in music, one ought to consider what means have been acquired and how have those means been acquired? Is the research that undergirds those means, or the research from which those means have been derived, was it done well and honorably and truthfully and honestly? And then the question must be asked, in fact, have sufficient means to potentiate healing been acquired or not? And of course, this can be tested against the first part of the model, which is the meaning which is desired to have manifest. In this case, it's wellness. So that is always the test at the end of the day whether for the musician or the physician or for the painter or for anyone engaged in this manner of self-expression, there must be a possibility of which there is some degree of consciousness which the artist or physician or philosopher or actor wishes to have actualized wishes to have manifest, then there must be an efficacious means by which that possibility can be made manifest, can be translated into being, into, as it were, reality. And then there must be, and I suggest there must be a continuous and an ongoing process of acquiring the means to make that initial possibility, that initial commitment, real. And then, of course, those means must be checked against their efficacy in achieving the possibility to which we've committed ourselves. So this is the process. And there are many, 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 many examples of this process miscarrying. There are many abortive instantiations of something like what I'm talking about. But there also are functional instantiations of healing, of art, of philosophy, of science, of politics, of music, of medicine, of human endeavor. There is a way that it works. And if we may take artistry and the artist as a metaphor, for human beings acting in their lives in the world generally, then we can, in this manner, evaluate what works and what doesn't work, and we have places to look for having what doesn't work work better, and we have a way of being honest with ourselves, a way to discover what has not worked, 
which is, of course, a necessary precursor to discovering what does, very, very often. So that's all for today. Thanks very much for listening. And here's a little music to close our listening. Thank you.